Welcome to the Agora Network Ministries podcast, Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental health and the church. Listen in as our hosts, the founders and directors of the Agora Network Ministries, Alan and Bonnie Gallant, share practical, educational, and insightful information about the mental health conversation and the stigma inside the walls of the church. Our hope is that through informative interviews with leading mental health professionals and people in the field, and through the stories of healing and transformation, you will find that hope and healing can be found in body, soul, and spirit. To learn more, go to agoranetworkministries.com and follow us on social media. Thank you for joining us. Well, welcome to an episode of Hope for the Agora. My name is Dr. Evan Dodge. I'm your host, and I'm glad today to have a conversation uh, with Laura Bruno. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Laura, you are a psychotherapist living in Ontario, um, but you also wear some other hats. Um, So can you introduce yourself to our listeners, share a bit about you and the work that you do? And maybe, Laura, you know, we're coming up on Halloween and then Thanksgiving and Christmas. Maybe share um, a favorite holiday that you have and a favorite holiday tradition. Sure. Okay, that's exciting. (laughs) Um, So, hi, I'm Laura. And... I guess first and foremost, I always like to introduce myself as a Christian because that really is the foundation. Um, So along with that, you know, I'm a wife, uh, I'm a mother, I have two beautiful little girls and uh, professionally, I, yes, I am a psychotherapist, but I also have a lot of experience with teaching. So I've taught um, at Niagara College. I do a lot of facilitating within the community So I teach uh, crisis intervention training for the police. I do mental health first aid training. I'm now teaching this Agora Get Educated, which I will, I'm sure we'll Mm -hmm. talk more about a little bit later. So yeah, I like to do the frontline work, the psychotherapy, but then I also like to take that and my experience and bring that into kind of my teachings and my trainings. And Previous to doing psychotherapy, I was a crisis worker for 10 years. So I worked alongside the Niagara Regional Police. I was mm. technically a first responder, you know, responding to 911 calls. Um, so really got to see people in their most uh, darkest place, in their most darkest moments. And that was really an honor and a privilege to be able to, you know, meet people there and um, provide some some hope and some light, hopefully. So um, yeah, I think that's a good general, um, a little bit about me. And I guess my favorite holiday would have to be Thanksgiving, believe it or not. Okay. I know it's not technically, or typically one of the number ones, most people say Christmas. I do love Christmas. Mm-hmm. I always try and set my Christmas tree up as as soon as my husband as soon as you can (laughs) (laughs) but I do enjoy Thanksgiving and especially this Thanksgiving because it's been a while because of COVID since we've been able to gather together yeah Um, and I'm really excited for that so thank you Laura um and so please please forgive my ignorance in this question in Canada is Thanksgiving uh, a, a similar holiday as it is in the United States yes we just do it earlier 
You do it earlier. Okay. When, yes. when, when do you celebrate it in Canada? We're actually, it's this weekend. Oh, it's this weekend. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, great. Well, I hope you have a, a wonderful celebration and thank uh, you. Yes. I'm very excited. And it's nice that it's early in Canada because then I get to set my Christmas tree up much sooner. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Um, so Laura, you are teaching a course for the Agora, the Academy. Yes. Um, tell us about the course you're teaching, some of the content, and um, and how that experience has been thus far for you. Yeah, I am super excited to teach this course. Facilitating is something I'm really passionate about. And when Alan um, had come to me and said, you know, let's let's do this thing, and kind of gave me free reign, I hemmed and hawed and said, okay, what what am I most knowledgeable in? What is the highest need? And I thought, you know what? Let's just approach this like I would if someone was coming to see me in my private practice, right? Let's teach practical skills. Let's mm -hmm. help them understand these concepts that can create these foundational shifts so that, you know, individuals can experience change. So, I think that's something that sets this course apart from any other course that I've ever taught is it really is a lot of skills based stuff. So the stuff I'm teaching in this eight week course is the stuff that I teach my clients one on one. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's that's been really uh, the feedback has been pretty good. A lot of individuals are really uh, tend to lean into that and are really enjoying the practical skills and the takeaway that they get from our weekly sessions. Laura, what are some of those practical skills that you are um, seeking to impart through the course? Well, each week we have a different topic. So week one was stress. Thought it was a good place to start because yeah. it's something everyone <laughs> is, <laughs> has experienced, is probably experiencing more of in the last you know, year and a half. Right. And so one of the practical skills was just first the foundational shift, the new lens to see this through is that stress and stressors are different. Hmm. So, so often we only focus on dealing with the stressors, right? And we think, oh, once the stressor is dealt with, so I've had, let's say an argument, an argument with my spouse, once we've you know, um, reconcile that, mm -hmm. then I'm good. Mm -hmm. But we know that stress is physiological and it's held in the body. So even though maybe cognitively and emotionally we're feeling okay from that um, activation or that stressor, our body is still activated. And so what we did in week one is looked at some ways to alleviate and discharge that stress that our body holds. So really kind of looking at, here's the stressor, how do I manage that? And then, oh yes, here's the stress. How do I manage that? Mm. And so we did that through something we call progressive muscle relaxation. We did some breathing exercises, um, a couple different skills in there, but something that was really hands-on practical experiential I take them through it I walk them through it each week and then they get a chance to practice that throughout their week wonderful um Laura what is your what is what is the hope 
uh, sort of the outcome of the course. What, what, what do you, what would you like your students um, to kind of leave with and take back with them you know, into their lives and into their, into their contexts? Yeah. I, um, the mantra I kind of live my life by is, or what really motivates me to continue to do my own work is I always say to be, to know more about yourself so mm -hmm. that you can be more for others is kind of the ultimate journey here. Mm. And so that's what I'm really hoping with this course is that these individuals can gain some insight and some skills so that it not only helps themselves, but they're able to pass that forward to so many other individuals. And it creates this kind of, you know, positive ripple effect. Mm. So, you know, I guess, the, the, the short answer is I want individuals to learn skills. And the long answer is I want this to be able to be something that they can give to others as well. Mm. Yeah, Laura, I hear in that um, a, a real, a, a real uh, th that, that sounds deeply shaped by your Christian faith um, yes. in, in that so much of the Christian life is giving ourselves away for others. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we believe uh, Christ did that for us, and then we're to do that for others, and as a reflection of um, that divine gift. And so, I, uh, I, I, I resonate with that paradigm. I appreciate that um, that 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 we're shaped and we're formed so that we can serve others um, in in healthy ways. And right. That's that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I really feel like you know we know God doesn't make mistakes. So he made me this way perfectly mm -hmm. on purpose. Right. And so the more I can tap into that and tap into the gifts that God has provided for me, and the more I can use those to serve, uh, you know, to me, that's, that's kind of what this is all about. So I'm yeah. hoping that others are able to do the same thing. And if they didn't have these skills, that's okay. They have other skills that I don't have, but mm -hmm. I want to teach them some of the skills I do have so that they can kind of perpetuate this and, and um, serve, right? Yeah, yeah. When you uh, were giving an introduction at the beginning of the, of the episode, mm -hmm. you mentioned first and foremost about your faith, uh, you know, being, a, being a Christian. How do you see the, the intersection or the interaction uh, between faith and uh, mental health, mental wellness. Yeah, see, this is this is what I'm so passionate about because it can get tricky, right? Mm -hmm. We are taught that you know Jesus is is our safe place, and therefore the church should be our safe place, and that we are always loved and accepted, and there's nothing that we could do or be that would separate us from God's love. And yet that's not always the message that we receive from the church in regards to mental health. And so I'm really passionate about making that church a safe place for individuals who do struggle with mental health to seek safety, to feel, you know, that unconditional love. And, you know, there's a statistic that states that I think it's 30 to 40% of individuals that um, struggle with a mental illness. And if they, who have approached their church, they're actually told that there is no such thing as mental illness. So 30 to 40% of individuals are struggling, often in silence, 
because we know that there's stigma attached to mental illness, both outside of the church walls, but also unfortunately within the church walls. And so I think to answer your question about how that intersects is my faith helps me to be passionate about creating a safe place for those who struggle with mental illness within the church. Is that yeah. is clear? I don't know. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I'm sure that if we were to reflect on ways that we've seen the church and even personally experienced the church failing in that regard, mm-hmm. I think I think we might we might find um, a, a lot of common things come up. So I've heard in 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 the context of my ministry, people come to me who have been told by other church members, uh, you know, other experiences they've had in other churches in the past that, oh, if you if you pray more, if you can deepen your faith, if you read the Bible more diligently and more frequently, mm-hmm. uh, if you come to church more often, then that will take care of, you know, the depression you're feeling, the anxiety you're experiencing, um, you know, the struggles you have with addiction. Um, and I, I think I, I, I have seen um, more people come so deeply wounded yes. because of those responses from often very well-meaning and well-intentioned people um, who just maybe don't understand the damage that they're doing uh, when they offer those types of 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 a response. And um, so I I guess my question for you, Laura, is like, have you experienced that? Have you seen that maybe either in your own journey of faith or in your professional life, in your role as a psychotherapist? Have you experienced uh, people maybe coming to you, having had those kind of of responses from, from the church community? Yes. Most definitely, both personally and professionally. So I can touch a little bit on both of those. Okay. Um, Personally, my mom struggles with depression and she, we were raised in the Catholic church. And when she was in her, you know, deepest, darkest place, my dad had gone to our church and we were, you know, the church going family every Sunday. I was in the church choir and we had turned, my dad had asked our priest for help and did not receive anything. And I know, I know no one who is listening knows my dad, but for him to be able to actually ask for help is such a big Mm. thing. And then to the response that he received, it just, it was so disheartening. And I was, I was probably 10. So I didn't learn this until later on in life. And, um, you know, that's a big reason, I think, why we shifted to a different church and why I am a Christian now and attend the church that I do, because the church that we are a part of now um, talks about mental health. We have a mental health group that we run. Mm. Um, I actually ran it uh, maybe well before COVID and someone else has since taken it over. Um, But that was really important to me. So personally, yes. And then professionally, I'm kind of known in the community for being a Christian counselor. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. not every person that comes to me identifies as a Christian and and that's fine. And I'm not, you know, taking my Bible out and, you know, reading scripture, but um, a lot of Christians want a Christian therapist and 
because of that, I'm connected to a lot of individuals who have had, unfortunately, a similar experience that my dad had. Mm-hmm. And they come to me broken mm-hmm. because they say, this is the one place I'm supposed to be able to turn to for support. And I was shunned or I was made to feel like I'm not a good enough Christian mm-hmm. or you know that I've I'm in sin and that's why. And it breaks my heart to see people just come so broken and only perpetuates my passion to change that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Laura in, in, um, in my ministry as a pastor, when people have come to me, um, uh, having, you know, maybe similarly as you've experienced been shunned by a church uh, or been, been given very hurtful answers. Um, one of the things that I do, and I suspect you do as well, is just honor that vulnerability in coming to me and up saying something like, I'm so humbled and grateful um, that you are sharing this with me. And I'm really honored to walk this journey with you. Um, so just a, a I've, I've found when it comes to um, people who are struggling with whatever, just opening that space where you receive their story without judgment, yes. igno- acknowledge the vulnerability um, and, you know, the, the real courage that it takes to open up to a religious leader when your experience with other religious leaders has been, you know, uh, hurtful. Um, can, can create the atmosphere to really allow God to, to begin to do the healing work that God wants to do. Yes. And I, I remind individuals and I say, you know, we know, yes, God can heal anything. We know that. Mm-hmm. And so if you had a broken leg, we know God could heal it. Right. But does that mean you're not going to go to the doctor and get an x-ray and get a cast put on it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. So yeah why is it different for your mental health? And that really tends to resonate with individuals who may have, you know, they're already struggling and now they feel guilty because they're reaching out for help and, and, you know, God should have been enough for them and they feel like a bad Christian. It's just so layered and it snowballs. And that kind of metaphor seems to help ground people back into, Mm. I am good. God loves me and and more they become more open to doing the work that needs to be done to heal yeah thank you thank you laura we're going to take a short break and i'll be right back with my guest laura bruno thank you for listening to our podcast agora network ministries is committed to educating people about mental health and we're excited to be offering another agora academy the first one was such a great success This eight-week online course begins January 5th and is led by registered psychotherapist Laura Bruno. You'll learn about the different diagnoses, treatment options, and practical skills you can do to foster positive well-being. There are limited seats available, so be sure to reserve your spot today. Go to the Agora Network website, agoranetworkministries.com, and register today. Seats are limited, and it was a great success last time. Getting educated about mental health can make a world of difference. Now, back to our podcast. 
back with my guest, Laura Bruno. Laura, share with us about Get Educated, the program that you're leading. Maybe take us through um, week by week what that program looks like, and then anything else that you would uh, like to share with our listeners about it. Sure. So we created this eight-week course. It could have been 12, but I thought that will scare people off. No one's going to want to commit to 12 weeks. So I condensed it to eight. The hope is to continue and and create more courses as well. But this specific course, why we called it Get Educated, because that's exactly what you're doing. Mm -hmm. We are educating you about certain types of mental illnesses, as well as certain modalities of therapy that are used to treat those, and then incorporating the practical skills that you can take away. So for an example, I I can give you kind of each week and some of the topics so that if anyone is interested, they kind of have an idea of what this looks like. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, week one, we talk about stress. Week two, we talk about cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT. So if anyone has gone to therapy, likely they're familiar with CBT because this is kind of the therapy that most um, clinicians utilize. It's all about, you know, how our thoughts and our behaviors and our emotions kind of interact and are intertwined. And then week three, we talk about DBT, So dialectical behavioral therapy. And this one can scare people off just because of the name, right? Mm -hmm. What? That sounds too fancy or too hard. And it's really not. The idea here with with dialectics is that two opposing views can both be true and they create this third truth. So one of my favorite examples of this is I can be a work in progress and a masterpiece at the same time. Mm. And so when we start to approach and really dissect this, we give ourselves more grace, right? And that can be really impactful. The fourth um, week, we look at ACT, which is acceptance and commitment therapy. Mm -hmm. And this is my favorite type of therapy. And here we really dig deep and we look at our values and we want to choose actions that are in alignment with our values. And we learn how to kind of coexist with these really difficult emotions that tend to show up, that tend to pull us away from acting like the person we want to be or God created us to be. So we learn how to kind of unhook from those and coexist with those difficult emotions so we can choose from our values. And then week five, we talk about self-harm and suicide because this is an area that because of my um, 10 years experience as a crisis worker, an area I'm really passionate about and really skilled in, and it's an area that's really stigmatized. So we really need to talk about it. So we dissect that in week five, week six, we do mood disorders. So depression, bipolar, postpartum depression, all of these types of, of mood disorders. And again, learn some practical skills that if you are struggling with one of those, that will hopefully assist you wherever you are with that mood disorder. Week seven, we look at anxiety disorders, 
So again, generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, agoraphobia, all these different types of disorders and more activities as well and specific skills to help you with that. And then our final week, week eight is psychosis. So here we look at schizophrenia, schizoaffective, bunch of different uh, mental illnesses. And here we do the do's and don'ts of talking to someone who's in a psychotic episode and really help you give you the language you need in order to interact and feel comfortable. Cause so often we shy away because we don't know what to say. So that's kind of a quick breakdown on get educated. Laura, that's great. Uh, and you, you, through that course, it sounds like you're really trying to impart a skill set and a knowledge base to the, to the participants, which hopefully they can then take back into their context, whether it's the home, workplace, in a, ch a church context, um, and, you know, ha have some more tools in their toolkit um, to, to approach some of these things. So, so with that in mind, Laura, um, and maybe we'll, we'll, we'll end on this note. What would, what would you offer as some best practices, uh, some tips for church leaders, church members, church communities to, to approach ministry to those struggling with their mental health? First and foremost, we need to start talking about it in the church. It needs to be normalized. People look at their pastors as leaders. And so if you're a pastor and you're not feeling well-versed in mental health, you're not really sure, take a course, right? Come take the Get Educated course, take a mental health first aid course, um, connect with Agora, speak with Alan, ask for some options. Um, Agora actually has um, like a wellness course that they offer. And it's a four hour seminar that deals with how um, the Christian community can respond to the crisis of mental wellness inside and outside. So even connecting with that, the it's important that it's talked about on Sundays, right? You talk yeah. about all, you do these series on all these other difficult topics. Why not on mental health? So that would be my first and foremost is let's start talking about it. Let's start normalizing it. Let's let the people who are in the congregation mm -hmm. hear it and realize, oh, this is a safe place. I can actually talk about it. And then on top of that, I would say, if you are able to run some type of group, like a group that, that I did in my church, mm -hmm. it was called Thrive. There's lots of resources. Um, and if you can even reach out to the congregation, right? Is there anyone who's in the mental health field that would feel comfortable kind of stepping up and even having um, an hour a week of allow people to pop in and just talk? You can start there. But the important thing is we need to start talking about it. Yeah. Laura, in, um, in, in what you said about, you know, the pastors talking about it and maybe a sermon series or something, what I hear you saying, um, and I really resonate with this, is that it's important for the senior leadership in the church to be yes. modeling this and to talk about it, um, yes. which would, would, would then, in, in my experience, have an effect all the way down into the congregation. Yes. A hundred percent, because if if the congregation sees their leadership talking about it, 
they have created this safe environment for others to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Laura, thank you for taking some time today to talk to me. I've been blessed by this conversation and to get to know you a little bit, to hear about the incredible work that you're doing both uh, within the church and outside the church and really bridging the two. Uh, I, I hear in the work you're doing, you're, you're connecting in, in, um, in, in some very important uh, ways, the life of faith and uh, ministry to the whole person. And so I, uh, we keep you in our prayers and pray for God's blessing on you and your ministry. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you found it helpful and informative. We are always open to your comments and suggestions. You can contact us at info at agoranetworkministries.com. You can also go to our website for resources, information, and upcoming events. Just head over to agoranetworkministries.com. If you would like to support the work of Agora Network Ministries, including this podcast, you can find a link on our site. We appreciate your support. We pray that your week is blessed. Bye for now.